Welcome to the Northern Nerd Podcast. We're glad you could join us today. The Northern Nerd is the Northwoods Entertainment, Media, and Creative Hub. Each show includes different guests that come from all walks of life with stories to share. Enjoy our latest episode. If you like the Northern Nerd Podcast and other things created by the Northern Nerd, please consider supporting us by going to our online store at www.thenorthernerd.com backslash online store. And there you're going to find our hats, our coffee mugs, our t-shirts, and not just stuff with our logos on them, but other things with the Northwoods in mind. If you go there right now and you go to checkout and you type in promo code podcast as you're checking out, you're going to get 10% off your next order. Please consider supporting the Northern Nerd and thank you for being a nerd. The episode you're about to listen to has been one of my favorites that I think I've ever recorded. I got a chance to sit down with my dad and his longtime radio partner, Dick Bender, and relive some of the glory days of the show. They were on the air for over 20 years together, and it was just great to sit down with them and take a trip down memory lane and hear about what they're up to now, but also look back finally on the show and how things got started and some of their favorite bits. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. Um, so thank you for listening to the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on Apple Music or Spotify. Spotify or wherever it is that you're listening to this. And also feel free to leave us a review because uh, those reviews really help with our algorithms and getting this out to more and more people. So we appreciate you listening to this podcast and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, you listen to the Northern Nerd Podcast. I'm sitting at my father's kitchen table with um, Dick Bender and also my dad. And uh, this is this is a pretty cool thing because I grew up at the radio station, uh, listened to these guys sometimes on snow days. I'd take along and just be just be there as the studio audience member uh, of the show. And uh, it's just great to have these guys on the show. So Dick and my dad, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's nice to be here. Yeah. <laughs> and it's strange. I was looking back, Facebook memories popped up here not too long ago, and it's been just over seven years since since you retired and the yeah, final edition um, of the show. September uh, 26th or 28th or something like that, seven yeah. years ago. And I didn't even realize. I saw the same thing. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> <laughs> Time flies when you're in retirement. It, it does. <laughs> so so how'd you guys get started with the show how did that first well, begin it was the spring of 91 that i came on board at at the radio station dick was actually on vacation out in arizona when i started he came back from vacation and i think there were a couple of people that left shortly thereafter i mean it wasn't Three months after being there, I think I was the program director. <laughs> Things changed at awful quick pace at that time. But uh, it was a little while later, I'd be in. I'd have an afternoon shift, but I'd be in and have papers to shuffle and stuff to do during the day. And, uh, well, I had a Friday tradition of, of wearing goofy hats. I used to have a hat collection, and I had, uh, you know, one from the Renaissance Festival that was the, you know, the Robin Hood hat with the long plume. And this does not surprise me at all. <laughs> I didn't think it would. And uh, just some some goofy hats like that. So that's, and then I'll let Dick take it from there. So every Friday he's in with a different hat, and I'm on the air finishing up. I'm at the end of my shift. And <clears throat> one Friday I just said, Dick, Gary, you know, wave them in from, you know, come on in here. Let's talk about your hats. 
because you wear a different one every Friday. You got a great hat collection. That's exactly how it started. It started out as, yep, I got this hat, so and so, and he'd sit with me a couple minutes. My shift would be over. The next Friday, I'd wave him in about five minutes earlier. So <laughs> <laughs> just kept kind of extending it. And yeah. Pretty soon it evolved into the show. And okay. really, I'm thinking that was into 92 when that really mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. Uh, because it was late in 92 that the station ownership changed. Right. And we had been on the air doing the show for a few, well, several months before that and said, hey, we think we have something here. We think we have lightning in a bottle. Can we keep doing this? And so it survived the transition of ownership and with a few another, with a few bumps so you remember that we had to show them a format sheet and had to oh, yeah. oh kind of like a lesson plan of what you're gonna do and we had this is what kind of their input was we think you guys should do this and this and, and now show us what you're doing and we would do that they approved it and then we of course didn't want to do whatever we wanted to anyway right <laughs> naturally exactly that's the way radio is supposed to work yes uh, so no, i'm gonna i'm gonna ask a question okay here. Just because I know how much radio has changed since I got into it. And, you know, your 47-year-plus career, did radio change more in the first half or the second half? Oh, in the second half. That's what I thought. It seemed like the technology didn't change a whole lot. And then all of a sudden, it changed leaps and bounds and has been a continuous change ever since. And it's a good thing that I was able to get out when I did because I couldn't keep up. (laughs) <laughs> well, seriously, I couldn't keep up with the technology anymore. When I started, our commercials were all on reel-to-reel little tiny tapes. Oh, okay. Yeah. On a big pegboard in the back of the studio, and you'd have to go cue them up. And that's those were commercials in those days. And then the excitement of advancing to cart technology, oh. having cart decks, and... I'm sure that none of your listeners have any idea what we're talking about, but carts were like, they're kind of like eight track tape looking things. Yeah. But they have a hole in the bottom of them that a wheel, a pickup wheel could come up and and spin the tape. And there were 40 second variations, 100 second, a lot of different time links that you could have depending upon how much tape was on this, on this reel. And that's what all of our commercials were on. And you'd go in and you'd pull the commercials for the hour into the summertime. You'd have a stack of carts that was about four foot high, and then you'd knock it over. And Of course. <laughs> but did you guys usually keep that kind of by the command center? Because I remember there yeah, being like right a there, little right bookshelf there. kind of thing almost like yep. to house those. Yep, the cart rack. Yeah. The cart rack. Yep. That was okay. right there. And we had the car, all the cart decks. And yeah, I plugged those in and... There was no such thing as automation. If you had to go to the bathroom, you better have a long song. You put on Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah. <laughs> away you go. Away you had go. six minutes and 50 seconds and away you went. <laughs> or MacArthur Park. <laughs> oh, if you really had to go. Yeah. <laughs> There's a science behind it. <laughs> Hotel California was another good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don McLean, American Pie, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. All the, the classic bathroom songs. <laughs> Is that like one of those late night commercials you see? Bathroom songs for, uh-huh. for DJs. Yeah, instead of it getting 15 songs on a CD, you only get like three. Right, exactly. <laughs> they're all long. <laughs> so anyway, we were yeah. we were doing the show. Right. And and things kind of evolved over the years. You know, there's always been a plethora of stupid criminal stories out there from various locations. So it's like, all right, we need to tie this into being somewhat localized. So that became the Hessel reporters okay. out on the scene and, you know, tracking stupid criminals and all that kind of stuff. And, and we just, we just had fun with it. Yeah. 
And what was your guys's like initial response from the public? Did you have people saying like, Hey, we're listeners of the show or like what, what was the public's perception of your guys' show? I think it almost immediately. And then obviously as it, as it went on, but almost immediately we had a positive response because there hadn't been anything like that in Hayward radio up to that time. No, no. And it was, <clears throat> I mean, a lot of people knew you around town. I mean, everyone, <laughs> <laughs> people were starting to get to know me around town. So it was like they were listening to friends, people that they knew, people that they saw out and about every day. So that was a, a nice appeal, I think. And it was, yeah, it was something that was local. And we'd make local references all the time sure. and stuff like that. So it's nothing you could get from a nationally syndicated show. Right. So people had that instant connection and connectivity to it. Oh, yeah. And people would give us the business when we were out and about, you know, you ought to talk about this, you ought to do that and, and stuff like that. And, you know, people felt like it was it was their show, too, oh, yeah. which I think was part of the attraction. Sure. And a lot of your top 10 lists were all locals. Right. You know, predicated on something happening locally. Right. Top 10 things or top 10 ways to know it's Berkey time. Right. Top 10 ways to know it's Lumberjack World Championships, you know, uh, yeah, the, the top 10 signs those was, were all based on things that locals could relate to. Right. Yeah, when did, and when did you guys like get to the point where you decided to make the, the shirts and the, the mugs? When did you guys know it was time to do that? Oh, boy, that was, that was a good 10 years, I think, into the show. Yeah, it, <laughs> it took a while. I don't even remember... I couldn't give you a year, I, but I, yeah. I would go along with, say, you know, probably eight, ten years in at least. Yeah, something like that. And it kind of came up with the design. That was something we just did out of a brainstorming session. Uh, you know, okay, kind of have an old-timey microphone in there. That's, you know, that that says radio. And kind of the throwback that we, we felt we were, um, you know, it had the, the comedy element with the fake nose and mustache right. and the glasses and, uh, and then a cup of coffee to you know, symbolize the morning right. and the morning show. So just And if anybody sense. has any of those shirts or mugs, we are a rich person. Those are really worth something now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys autograph any? <laughs> I think there were a couple that we autographed. Yeah, okay, so even rare. Better. Yeah, even more rare there. Exactly. <laughs> so you guys were talking about writing your own bits. What was that process like? What did that what did that typically take for you guys? Well, it usually involved some beverages. Okay. <laughs> Always. Good, good brainstorm session <laughs> normally does. <laughs> well, and and the funny part is, at that time, I had started DJing down at the cruise inn local bar mm -hmm. um, in the summer of '91, and that was always the place to be on the weekends, and it was always good time had by all. And a lot of folks would come in there a little bit later in the evening, you know, and push it really hard right till the end. Well, I'd go on, and 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 Dick would be down there, and we'd do some writing. And a lot of times we'd be up there writing in the DJ booth and we'd been writing for a while and be on, on a streak and you'd look around and go, when did all these people get here? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the old joke. And then, but that was some of the stuff. And, you know, afterwards you look at it on Monday morning and say, boy, we were overserved. <laughs> we can't say that on radio. The FCC could be coming after us. We need to throw that one away. We're not as funny as we thought we were. <laughs> but there was some good things taken out of it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. We, there was, in fact, 
we always said to each other, we did our best writing you know, down at the cruise inn. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and it was, there was some good stuff. I th- one of the, you know, one of the little bits that we did, we didn't continue. I don't remember how long we did it, but it would come right at the end of the show. Oh. We'd say, tomorrow on the show, and then we kind of preview. And of course, it was all done in jest, but the best one. It was, it was something that was never going to happen right. tomorrow on the exactly. show. Exactly. But, but I think the best one, Gary, that you ever came up with, and you know which one I'm talking about. I, I'm, not, I'm not. Tomorrow on the show, we're offered super sex, and we take the soup. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, yes. <laughs> and we take the soup. <laughs> That's the kind of humor we did. Yeah, yep. <laughs> did you guys have like a favorite um, bit that you ended up writing? You know, I don't know if there was really a, a, a favorite. Um, the Tomorrow on the Shows were always fun because... Those were. You know, Tomorrow on the Show, what was it? Uh, Billy Barty and Gary Coleman Jump Center or <laughs> something, you know, something like that. Um Tomorrow on the show, we ask the question, is Helen ready? Mm-hmm. There's another yeah, one. Just a few of them. But, uh, but those were fun, and they were short, and then, you know, you're done and, and, and over with. But they, we had a lot of fun with that. I think that you know, a bit, I guess the only bit we really did that became really popular was the tractor watch. Yeah. And we have to thank Brett Favre for that. Absolutely. So how did that come to fruition? Jason Aldean should thank us for that. (laughs) We made him famous. (laughs) We used this song as our theme to get into it. Well, this was back in, and I I can't help but think if... If the show was still going today, that there would have been a Rogers watch oh, absolutely. this past summer. But absolutely. it was kind of a similar scenario back in the day when Brett Farr was contemplating his retirement and, oh, I don't know, and this, that, and the other thing. Well, we came up with this thing, you know, he was on his on his tractor down in Mississippi. Mississippi, and so we came up with tractor watch. And it was it was tongue in cheek. It was fairly easy to do. Because there were so many sound bites out there. Exactly. There was so much yeah. stuff out there. And so we just, you know, the, the hard the hard part of it really was cutting all those up and putting them, you know, putting right. them into where you wanted to use them. But there was the all edi- kinds of Brett Favre stuff out yeah. there. The editing technology then was not what it is now. So <laughs> right. it, was, it was a little more difficult to do. You know, now a guy could whip that together in, in no time and flat. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember watching old tapes and this, that, and the other thing to try to put some, some pieces together. And a lot of times it made absolutely no sense. It was some stupid thing that he said on the sideline and it was off a of bloopers reel or whatever. And that would be today's tractor watch, you know, you got right. those left-handed footballs. <laughs> or, or the, you got to dip the St. The ice capades. Or something like that. Yeah. He, he was good for those. He was. Yeah. But it might got... be mad if he knew I had a dip in. Right. <laughs> Do you? It got to be so popular we had a client actually call and want to sponsor it exclusively. Yeah. We didn't want anybody else around. We wanted yeah. to be the sole sponsor of the give tractor it, give watch. a little shout out to Kelly Parks. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Kelly says, I got to be, I got to sponsor that. And that, the next thing you know, the, the tractor watch was a, a feature that ran the whole summer. Yeah. And it, it got to be so popular. We actually had one guy called and, he, and I'm not going to, you know who it is, Gary. I, yes, I do. I'm not going to give his name, but he, he said, he's going to work, and he said, you guys got to move the tractor watch up a little bit. And I said, what? He says, you have to move tractor watch up a few minutes, because he said, I'm supposed to be in at work. And he said, I'm sitting out in the parking lot listening to the tractor watch, waiting for it to come on, and I'm late for work every day. <laughs> 
That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many diehard Packer fans, and everybody, sure. yeah, probably wants to to hear what you guys are able to come up with for the day and things like that. So I can see how that grow to be pretty popular pretty fast. Well, and I, and I would say maybe once a week we actually had any news. <laughs> right, any real news of the right. situation. The rest of it was just freewheeling, making stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it worked. You know, like I say, it was yeah. so popular that, you know, we, we wound up getting a sponsor for it. Yeah. Which was not the intent when we started. The, when we started, it was, well, let's just have a little fun for a couple of days. Oh, sure. Well, it, Who knew it was going to continue on like yeah. an ad? Wow. Right. So Halloween is just around the corner. If you haven't picked out your Halloween costume yet, don't worry, you still have time. Now, this isn't a promotion for HalloweenCostumes.com or anything like that, but it's just a reminder to let you know of the great community events that are happening in our area. So on Halloween, there is Trunk or Treat happening on Main Street. It's an event that's been happening here in Hayward for the longest time, as long as I can remember. And it's a great way for families and community members to come together on Hayward's Main Street and make sure everyone's having a fun and safe Halloween. So that's happening from 4 to 6 downtown Hayward, um, up by the post office there at that stretch. Uh, There's going to be a lot of vehicles, a lot of candy, a great place to go um, to get some candy and fill up and just see your neighbors and say hello. And also, the Northern Nerd is having a pumpkin smashing event. Yes, a pumpkin smashing event on November 1st at the Dakota Avenue parking lot right by the fire hall there. And just bring your old pumpkins because you we know that you have those to get rid of. Come along and smash some pump pumpkins with us. And um, yeah, it'll just be a great time. So we'll see you there from four to six as well. Now let's get back to the show. You guys had some other traditions too, besides the tractor watch you had, like your time, temp, and tenderness. Um, that was a Thanksgiving bit you guys always did, right. correct? Yeah. The, and uh, I'll just stumble upon that. The, the sound alike um, of the big voice guy himself, Michael Bolton, and his song, Time, Love, and Tenderness, was, okay. was the premise. Yeah. We used to subscribe to a, a comedy service that would send us stuff, and it was. Primarily large market stuff you could get away with. A lot of stuff in small market we couldn't use. I mean, very little of it we could actually use. But that was one of those things that we gravitated towards. And, oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> so that became a Thanksgiving tradition. Yeah. Every every Wednesday before Thanksgiving for the last, you know, for those of you learning how to cook Thanksgiving dinner, here right. you go. And we'd play time, temp, and tenderness. I remember that because I'd be on Thanksgiving break. And uh, I, I tune in for that part. I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, so we had that. That was a good tradition. Um, and then when Christmas would roll around, Dick had uh, the Frank Caliendo CD. And Frank, known for his John Madden impression. Best John Madden impression anybody ever did. And uh, so we get the true meaning of Christmas from Frank Caliendo as, as told through John Madden. Good stuff. Yeah. 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 I always enjoyed listening to those. Oh, when he's referencing Santa Claus is coming to town and the Meister Burger, Burger Meister, and all that stuff. Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah. And he had a reindeer with a red nose and he didn't even drink. Right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. One other tradition we had was you know, on Fridays, Todd Rungren closing out the show with Bang the Drum. Yep. We were doing that before the Packers were. Before the Packers used it after touchdowns. We were doing that to close out the Friday morning show. Yep. Got it from you guys. (laughs) (laughs) So 
you guys also had like to open your hustle reporters special report. There was always a different voice. Did you guys have a favorite voice, like our, your own personal favorite voice that was used? Well, and it was all the same guy. Really? Yeah. A gentleman by the name of Moose. <laughs> okay. Who who came up and recorded those and, <laughs> and did the Kermit the Frog, um, did the old man. Uh, let's see what else was there. Oh, uh, John Wayne. Oh, yeah. John Wayne. Yep. Well, Pilgrim, if you ever walk through the pasture, you know where some of the hassle report comes <laughs> from. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> How could I forget that? Then we had the Jeff Foxworthy one that we stuck in there, too. Right. So. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he came up and he was an acquaintance from from down at the bar. Okay, I was going to say, like, how did you guys know that he had this talent? <laughs> like, you must have heard it at the cruise in. Listener to, of the show and everything yep. else. And, okay. Yeah. He volunteered to come up and knock out some intros for us. Little did he know that they'd play for 20 years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Didn't see a nickel from I was going to say, did you guys, like, buy him a beer? Or what was he probably got a beer. <laughs> I, I would yeah. hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I can't guarantee that, but I would hope so. It's been a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um so looking back at that at last show what was you guys' like final episode together like well it was bittersweet yeah. i mean I, i'm happy for dick that he got to retire mm-hmm. not a lot of people get to retire from radio <laughs> no <laughs> as as we often lamented about yes. what radio people get paid mm-hmm. usually you work until they you know haul you out on a stretcher and zip you <laughs> up in a bag and throw you in a box <laughs> So that's send you down Radio Hill. <laughs> exactly. Like a, it's like a bobsled run down the hill. Clark Griswold. <laughs> Leader dudes. So that was, yeah, I mean, that was my feeling towards it. I had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. You know, did we get paid any extra for doing it? No. no. But it was something that we enjoyed. I mean, that's the stuff that got me into radio, doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, when, when we stopped doing that, that's, it was a sad day, but mm-hmm. again, happy for Dick at the same time. Yeah. Right. It was, it was kind of a, it was a tough day, you yeah. know, cause I, of, of my four hours or five hours, I guess I was on the air of the five hours I did on the air. That was my, that's the fun that I had was during that hour. I always, my reason to go to work every day was to get, go to work with Gary Yeah, for that hour. Mm-hmm. I, that was, that was very enjoyable. We had, we had so much fun. And it flowed so well. And people said, "How you guys just are so good together on the air. And, you know, how, how, how did that of work? Of course, Why we was lied through our teeth. I said, well, it's really tightly scripted. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, <laughs> he knows what I'm going to say because mm-hmm. it's there on the script and <laughs> vice versa. He told everybody that. We never scripted. Never wrote one word. <laughs> <laughs> you know, other than our top 10 list and our yeah. little things like that. But other than right. that, it was, it was always off the cuff. But I think mm-hmm. it worked the way it did is because... We're My feeling is twisted. neither neither one of us had an ego, and I think that's why it worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, it just it just it, it, it was fun, and uh, we just you know we like it, for the top ten list. We would take turns each time, so not the same guy got the number one all the time. You know, we right. we mm-hmm. rotate it back and forth. It was just neither one of us had an ego, and it was just a lot of fun to be there. Mm-hmm. And was it hard to stay within the parameters of that hour? Or I guess what was the toughest thing about that? You know, that's that wasn't bad because no. so much of that stuff, if there was stuff that we didn't get to, we could roll it over to the next day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't time sensitive that, okay, we've got to get this bit in today. Right. Uh, we yeah. didn't have to. 
And that did happen frequently. We would roll stuff to the next day. I mean, we always oh, yeah. had plenty of material. Always. Right. And it wasn't like we'd come in and say, what are we going to do today? Holy cow. Right. <laughs> no, yeah, that, was there. Yeah. Because I, yeah, what was your line like? That's all we have today. We'll try to have more for you tomorrow. Right. Yep. Okay. You remember that too, huh? Yeah. I, I was an avid listener. I'm going to say it. Like, I, I enjoyed well, we being had, up there. And, we had one for sure then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we always said that sometimes if only one person gets it, that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. Not every person has to get every joke or every right. reference. And with mm -hmm. our humor, sometimes a lot of people didn't get it, but... No. And a well, lot of, yeah, I mean, especially younger people. Um, now, mind you, I was pretty young when we started this nonsense. <laughs> but I always felt that my mind was a little bit older than my actual chronological age. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think a lot of the stuff that I was coming out with, even people that were my age or younger, had no clue what I was talking about many times, but... Mm -hmm. But a lot of times it was it was mass appeal, but sometimes it wasn't. Right, and that and that was fine. Mm -hmm. And that's just like I mean, just even I would get your humor, obviously, because being at home and stuff like that, and the movies that we watched, all the Mel Brooks stuff, like I could tell those references and and things like that. So those were right. easier to pick up on. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, people that knew us personally, yeah. and that's quite a few people. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, they obviously got the lion's share of what we were talking right. about. But there was, I mean, we heard from people that were snowbirds. They would just come up here in the summer and they'd write a letter or call the radio station or whatever. And, Oh, wish we had something like this back in Illinois or, right. or Minnesota, you know, Minnesota or whatever we, the case. We got a be. lot of that we really did. Yeah. And it, you know, they say, Oh, that's part of why we love coming up here is we love listening to you guys in the morning. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that was really cool because yeah, we weren't really doing it. Not to sound selfish, but we weren't really doing it for them. We were doing it because we enjoyed doing it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly right. Yeah. I, I, to, to last that long, I think, is, um, part of what I'm most proud of is that we were able to last that long to have that. I mean, if I hadn't retired, we'd probably still be doing it to this day. Yeah, I would think so. It was just, it was well-received and we had a good time doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, and that's one of the things when we talked earlier about how radio has changed. And that's something you just don't find very much anymore. I mean, especially two guys that you can put in a studio together and actually have a rapport. And just say, talk, know when go. To, know when to jump in and know when to shut up. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a hard thing is to get each other's timing. But once you get that timing down, and I and I felt like that was something we had almost from the get-go. Yep, almost. Yep. And I think part of what helped with that was occasionally Gary would fill in at a sports event, whether it be football or a basketball game or ba whatever, when I didn't have my regular partner, Doug Beck, mm -hmm. and I'd always call Gary and he'd say, yep, let me, let me throw some groceries down my throat and I'll, I'll pick me up and we'll <laughs> yeah. go. And, and we had that same type of, a, on a broadcast of a ball game. Right. And the timing thing, it was, it was always there. Mm -hmm. And I think it helped on the show too. Oh, I bet so. I never even thought of that, but yeah, but it did. Yeah. Some of that carrying over. Mm -hmm. That was nice because Doug would always get sick once a year. <laughs> you, had a one, you had one time slot. Just Give me a in. chance to do a couple of games in there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so did you guys have any favorite events that you got to cover um, over the years? Hmm. Or memorable moments from those events? <laughs> uh, there was one Berkey that we covered together that we, we did it. When it when it did it end in Duffy's Field? 
and you and I were sitting in my Jeep. Oh, okay, yep. And we and that was so cold. I absolutely <laughs> froze to death that day. That was uh, that was memorable. I don't know how much fun it was, but it was memorable. I think Lumberjack World Championships were always fun, just from the people watching standpoint. Mm-hmm. It was always a good time. I mean, a fairly short broadcast, if you will, but it was yeah. always fun to be out there and in the sun and enjoying that. Yeah, it was warm. <laughs> it always was warm. Right. <laughs> Didn't have to worry about cold. <laughs> so take it to the other extreme. And yeah. I think we always used to do, uh, for many years, we did the show on a Friday of Musky Festival weekend. We would do it live downtown on, yeah. on Main Street. And we also did uh, the show from the Sawyer County Fair a number of times. Yep. Okay. And we did the show a number of times on a Saturday. From the Relay for Life? Relay for Life. So that was a little bit, you know, out of the studio and and still being able to do all the things that we, we take, did in studio. Take the Marty unit out yeah. there and yeah. a bunch of script and away we went. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd forgotten about all the all the remote locations we had done that from. The show on the road. Yeah. Some people said, keep going. Keep on <laughs> that road. You have not going. gone far enough. <laughs> Get Let's say, yeah. I mean, now you see that a lot. I mean, like even just right now we're doing a podcast, but like I'd say that was more, you guys were almost the pioneers of that, like mobile show. Have it, having that is something not a lot of people were probably doing at the time. Yeah, I, in, I, in the old, old days of radio, when people did a live broadcast, they would actually have their turntables out yes. there with them and everything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they engineered everything from the location. So that's, you know, that was where it really started. And then, you know, that was in the pioneering days of radio. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, yeah, in this day and age, you don't, you don't see that a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's cool that you guys were able to do that and just be out in the community and amongst the people that, you know, are are tuning into the show. And it was probably pretty cool for them to see you guys. Um, not because there's not a lot of people that come, like, up to the station. Get, I think I had a special privilege of being one of the Institute audience members. Privilege, Me curse, and, uh, whatever you call it. Grant, Grant <laughs> Turpin. I know he was up there a couple of times in the <laughs> audience, but... Well, and I look and how you've extended your resume over the years. You know, you had all the all the football, all the baseball, all the basketball, all the hockey in there. And then there was the time that uh, you and Doug did bowling. <laughs> you guys broadcasted bowling? Ah, my goodness, <laughs> we did. I completely what? have forgot about that. Uh, Yikes, that's right. I can't. It was. It, must, it obviously was for a. It was a charity thing. I assume. It was just the Saturday Night Anglers. They were Home Center sponsored. Okay. It, and we were down at Riverside Lanes, and it was part of their. I don't remember if it was mixed league or men's league or whatever it was, but we were down there and. Yeah. Oh yeah. And of oh, course, crazy. The other crazy one. You know what was being one able thing to I remember about that before before we changed topics, we were down there. That was the same night as the whole Bartman incident. Oh, that's that's right. It was. Yep. Bartman, the Cubs. Oh, yeah. That was the same night as we were on Infamous with that broadcast. Night. Yeah. And the other uh, event that I was privileged to broadcast, Gary was in, but I was broadcasting <laughs> it, was the Demolition Derby at the Southern oh, yeah. County Fair. <laughs> Steve Kaner and I did the play-by-play of the Demolition Derby, which you won, by the yeah, way. I did that year, Yeah. <laughs> So you're right. My resume is kind of lazy. Very full. Very full. (laughs) Yeah. How you approach like a a commentator standpoint on bowling, but then also a demolition derby would be pretty interesting. (laughs) I think Dick was most surprised. 
I think he's going to win this thing. <laughs> By golly, he's got it in him. Oh, I didn't have it in me. I had it in a big, big Cadillac. <laughs> How many years did you do that? Three? Or was it just two? Um, it was three. Okay. Yeah. First year that I won it with the caddy, then I got pushed out in the other car. So the car was not destroyed. So I came back the next year. That's the year I burst into flames. So <laughs> I was going to say, so I remember your years. car starting on fire. Yeah. fire so <laughs> my dad's getting crispy. <laughs> uh, that was that was a good time, too. Yeah. For those of you who have not participated in a demolition derby, I highly recommend it. <laughs> it's <is> so choice. <laughs> yeah. So uh, is there anything that you guys like wish you would have done more of during the show? Anything you wish you would have added in now that you've been away from it for a while? I honestly, I can say no. I, I, there isn't anything that I think that we would have done or done differently or added in because we, we just had such a blast doing it and looked forward to it so much. I, I think we, we filled up that hour with, with everything that we wanted. Right. Yeah. I mean, the only thing maybe I would change is that if we got paid more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been nice. I, I wasn't going to bring that up, but I'm glad you did. because Somebody had to say it, I guess. <laughs> No, that's and truly that's one of the things. It didn't bother me not getting paid more to do it because I did. I just enjoyed the heck out of it. Mm -hmm. So, how's retirement been for you, Dick? It's outstanding. I highly recommend it to any and all who can do it and do it as soon as you possibly can. Do not wait. And once you retire, don't ever look back. Leroy Jethro Gibbs, Rule Ninety One from NCIS. <laughs> so there's no tractor watch for Bender here. <laughs> Will he? Won't he? <laughs> Nope, that was not a question. And, you know, I and I took some some notes when Dick retired. That when I retire, I'm going to make sure that my cell phone plan has come to an end because I'm going to leave it right on the steps, smash it with a hammer, and run down the steps. Get myself a burner phone, a different number, not to be contacted again. And you take your alarm clock and you throw it in the first pond you can find. It's <laughs> a good plan. Well, because you had to get up at like 4 a.m., didn't you? 4, 10 a.m. every morning. What time do you wake up now? 4.15. Sleep it in. It's funny. For the longest time, um, I I would still wake up fairly early because you're just used to it. Your body oh. is used to it. So after, you're after 40 you years, know, really? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, now I, I, I roll on. I'm bright and early, probably five minutes to seven, something like that. Nice. Yes. That's early for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So with that, waking up that early, what time did you normally go to bed then? I'm, same time I go to bed now, right around 10 o'clock between, okay. between nine, as you get older, I'm old, as you get older, he said, I'm in bed. I don't, well, nobody watches the news anyway, anymore. Anyway, let's not go into that. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I don't see the 10 o'clock news. I, and I haven't seen 10 o'clock news on, on TV at night for years and years and years. So I'm gone usually by, unless there's a program and there's so very few of those on television that are worth watching. If there was a program that lasted until 10, then I would say, well, I'm up until 10 then. And then it's, right. but yeah. Um, I usually, and when I was, the tough part about working was if you're doing a game in Eau Claire on a Tuesday night and you're going to be awake at four o'clock in the morning and you know, you're going to overtime and hockey or something and you're not getting back until after midnight. And By if the it's time you finally shut the engines down. Oh man, if it was a great sleep. game or if you were in overtime or something yep. like that, you just can't, you just can't hit, hit the pillow and go to sleep. It's like, I would. Maybe get about three hours of sleep sometimes. Might as well sleep at the work. station. <laughs> well, I did he's, that too. Yeah, he's, <laughs> done, he's done that. I did that. Yeah, we've we both slept on the floor at the station. Yeah, before. and that's not got not a comfortable floor up there. Auction oh. time or just? 
I did it back show. when I was first there before I actually found an apartment up here, which was about a month into the run. Um, I'd work during the, during the week until midnight and then I'd have the early shift on the weekends. So I didn't get off the air until midnight on a Friday night and had to be back on the air at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning. Well, it didn't make any sense for me to drive an hour back to Cameron and an hour back. It just that's cost me two hours of sleep. So I'd have a sleeping bag and an alarm clock, and there I laid back by the furnace room door and mm-hmm. where hopefully the mouse traffic was at its minimal. <laughs> I'm just picturing you in a nightcap, wandering around the station in a candle with a candle. What was that? I my reasons for sleeping up there were related to snowstorms, right? Snowstorms before I uh, owned a four wheel drive. Oh, okay, yeah, because uh, that even, hill and even that hill with a four wheel drive, depending on the amount of snow you get, that can be kind of hairy sometimes. But I so I would if I knew they were going to get a sixteen or a twenty inch or whatever it was going to be, and it was going to be touchy going up i have walked up that hill at four o'clock in the morning oh my gosh and it's not that kind of snow and that's no it is i mean that's that's a heart attack waiting to happen i don't care how old you are or how young you are Uh, i just decided (laughs) you know what let's just go up there take a blanket a pillow lay on that hard floor and at least you know you're going to be able to tell people in the morning there is no school today or, you know, whatever. although you tell them that and they would still call and ask if there was school. But right. right. That's I was going to say also. <laughs> yeah. Snow days have to be pretty uh, stressful up at the station. <laughs> Very stressful. You're writing them down on a sheet and so exactly. new one's coming in. There we go. Oh, yeah. And then the phone would be ringing with either a cancellation or somebody to call and see if something had been canceled as you're reading them on the air. Yeah. And then as soon as you were done and went into a commercial or a song or whatever, the phone would stop ringing. Oh, that would just irritate me. I remember because every year when Dick would be on vacation. You'd get a snowstorm. I'd have a snowstorm in there. So I'd be up there doing that. And I was one that I refused to tell anybody over the phone whether school was canceled or not. <laughs> Listen to the station. Click. Yep. That's what I tell them. I say, turn on your radio. I'll be reading them again in five minutes. Yeah. You know, and people didn't care for that, but it, you train them that they can call you. And it's just like, why do yeah. we have a radio station? Right. Why don't Why don't I individually call everyone in this community and tell them whether or not there's <laughs> so the or not. Hey, it's Gary. I uh, just want to let you know that uh, school's canceled. <laughs> I don't have, have a good kid. day. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I got your lunch packed. It's, on the it's ridiculous to think that way, but I mean, that's the way I looked at it. I'm not going to condition you to just be able to call here and ask. Right. Turn on your stinking radio. The one, yeah. the, the one part of that that would get me, though, not so much the adults calling, mm-hmm. but when mom and dad would tell their five-year-old, dial the phone for him, and then you ask. and Because they don't want to get yelled at. It's cool today. <laughs> <laughs> mom and dad were too, they didn't want to get yelled at. You don't yell at a kid. Oh, yes, he will. <laughs> Turn on your radio. <laughs> that's like the... Um, like you ask your mom, oh, can my friend sl- sleep over? Um, she says no, but then you go ask your dad kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Call the radio station. So what, what's your favorite part of retirement so far? Not getting up at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Yeah. <laughs> That's an easy one. Yep. <clears throat> I suppose the, the ability to travel whenever you want to. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you're free to do, go anywhere, which you want. If somebody calls and say, Hey, you want to have lunch? Yeah. What, when, when are you free? You pick a day. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm there. Yeah. So yeah, it's the freedom that you have for not having to be a certain place at a certain time all the time. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, uh, and I mean, I was fortunate that I always took a, a three or four week vacation in the spring. I started that way before Gary 
came to the station as something that I had all, I guess to use the term grandfathered in. Right. Uh, and it even went from the change of ownership. They were good enough to me that they let me take that. That's unusual for a, a business to let somebody go for a month at a time, but they always did. So I was right. fortunate there. I don't think you gave much of a choice, though. I think you told them, I'm going to do this. Well, I, Come on, they can't fire you. You're already retired. <laughs> <laughs> you always worried, though, would you have a job if you, when you got back? You know, I was a little bit worried. I needed that job. Yeah. I really did. Well, I had bills and, to pay. And you needed the time away, too. Oh, you do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. It, it, if I had one thing to do over, it would probably be making sure I take my vacation every year. Because I don't always take my vacation. Mm-hmm. Because being a commission salesperson, it, it costs you money to take vacation, mm-hmm. you know, but you need that time away to shut down the engines. And we've been, you know, blessed enough to go on our, our fishing trips and yeah. and have hunting season and stuff like that. Yeah, so I remember many hunting seasons yeah. you didn't go, though. I mean, I would ask you, how you how are you going to hunt? And you'd say, well, I'm, I'm going to try to take about, I may take the whole hunting season off. And then you'd be in the radio station the first day of hunting season. You'd be there <laughs> a lot of times, a lot of times. Checking the windows. Is there deer out there? <laughs> Oh, there's times I've, uh, yeah, had the had the rifle up there because that's out of the city limits, right. so it's yeah. it's legal. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, because many times the radio station has a fair amount of land because you have to have the tower fall zone and stuff like that. So um, you got a little bit of land around there, and there are some deer up on top of the hill, or there oh, have yeah. been over the years. So. Yeah, it was I hit one un- one year. It's not. Uh, I hit one on the hill too. Not uncommon to during the rifle season to have a rifle up there and mm-hmm. pop out the back door if someone right. <laughs> seems to be out there. That's when you play one of those bathroom songs. <laughs> exactly. <Right. laughs> I've sat out there with a bow too and stuff. So yeah, well, it's nice that you have that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I don't sit out there, but mm-hmm. well, I mean. Yeah, when you have, have better your hu- places to sit now. I was going to say, you're you're in a little bit better conditions here. It was before I had land or knew any landowners that would let me hunt their land. So mm-hmm. desperate times, desperate measures. Definitely. Yeah. I think one of my favorite memories, um, just going up to watch you guys do the show or just being around the station in general. Um, yeah, it was just hearing your guys' banter. And then also during like commercial breaks too that was uh, usually like, some of the f- most of the funniest the things said were said during the commercials yep yeah uh-huh. we always things we couldn't say on the radio we right. always one of our one of our standard lines was <laughs> we're gonna make it cd and sell it at christmas time with the outtakes <laughs> that stuff we couldn't <laughs> say on the actually say on the air that went on during the commercial breaks you, you probably would have had a lot of buyers <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> yeah, we should have just put things in audition and <laughs> let it roll. <laughs> uh. I, well, and I remember one time that, cause this was back when you were working like the, I'd say after school shift, like during the okay. subway, Quentin time trivia is yep. what I mostly remember. Afternoon drive. Yeah. But, um, Allison and I being up there and, uh, you're on the, you're on the, you were live. And Allison and I were kind of arguing by Nancy's office and stuff like that. We were shouting at each other. Like, <laughs> Allison was saying like your girlfriend's Britney Spears. I was like, I do not like her. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> and you come out like during a song. I can hear all of you. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> uh, good yeah. times. Good good times. <laughs> Zip it! I'm on the air. Right. <laughs> but then joining well, you I- for a couple uh, Subway Quentin time trivia is like reading the questions and stuff like oh, that. That yeah. was pretty fun. Yeah, and I remember using you guys when I needed uh, a kid voice on an ad or two i had you guys do 
some some of those over the years, and that was always fun. Yeah, whether it was like um, something for like a snowblower or like mini Gary with the mini golf course. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the classic stuff. Take your kid to work day. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it happened. Yeah, well, it was always cool. Like hearing on the radio to like, oh, this is the time that I remember them turning it on at daycare when we had our. Normally you don't do that for commercials, but they're like, oh, everybody gather around the radio. <laughs> Felt very like, old timey. We're all looking at it. <laughs> looking at the old Phil Gold. Just <laughs> right. <laughs> I wonder when there's going to be TV. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys coming on the show. This was uh, this was a lot of fun um, having you guys on and just reliving some of the the memories that you guys had together. That's um, always fun to reminisce. We all, Anytime Gary and I get together, which is not as frequently as we'd like to it but it's it's always laughs we always have some laughs absolutely sometimes at other people's expense but (laughs) (laughs) it's always good to take that trip down memory lane yes it is i mean Mm -hmm. there is you know we've often threatened too to try to come up with a list sometime over all the different people we saw come in and out the doors there at the radio station and i'm always amazed and i'm sure you get this a lot oh yeah i worked there from you know yeah how many people have worked there you at did? one point or of another? <laughs> I was there the whole time. I don't remember you. You couldn't have worked had, there that long. should have had one of those revolving doors you find in the old-time department <laughs> stores because there were a lot in and out. Yeah, a lot, lot of folks have been. That's, you know, been uh, just a moment to their life, whether working there or listening there and stuff like that. But, you know, as for us, it's been a good part of it. Yeah, for me, it was over half. Been over half of mine now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and how many, so you were over at WHSM before you came to RLS. I was there for about a year. Okay. And then I left, um, came back when WRLS went on the year. And I was at WHSM in 1966 into a little bit of 70, into a portion of 77. Or 67. 67, I'm sorry. And then uh, left and when WRLS went on the year in 1968, April 16th, I still remember the day. Nice. Um, back for that and after 47 years i said oh, what am i doing this is enough <laughs> so <laughs> took me that so, long so, smart so four, 47 plus a year so you, you have 48 total yeah give or take right okay and i've been i've been at the radio station now 30 and a half years but i was in a year and a half before that in windham minnesota rice lake uh with with part-time gigs and a well full-time in windham but so I've been 32. So between us, we got 80 years now. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah. Or some would question our sanity, I guess. Well, that's been questioned before. Yeah. I was going to say that would be the first time. <laughs> but my, I guess my uh, my record's safe. Huh? 47 years at WRLS, you're not going to try to match that? I am not going to try to match that. Okay. No, somebody that said record's going to stand. <laughs> somebody said I needed to retire at some point. That was, that was you and, and enjoy things. <laughs> That's true. You highly recommended it. Yeah. I re- we I can roll did, back the I? tape. I was going to say, roll back right. the tape if we have to. I just did that, didn't I? That's <laughs> you right. did. So I, there's no way I can twist your arm to try to beat your record. No, you cannot. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Another ten years. I'll, I'll, I'm shooting for forty. All right. Well, I'm that's enough. That's the only record I'll ever hold. But yeah, you know, <laughs> it's something. You take, you take the small victories where you can find them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Never miss a genuine opportunity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dalton, thank you for having us. This was fun. Yeah, thanks again for coming on. little trip down memory lane. We enjoyed it. Thank you.
Thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the Northern Nerd Podcast. Feel free to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to us on Apple Music and Spotify Music so you know when our latest episode of the Northern Nerd Podcast is coming out. That about does it for us, so continue to be kind to one another, and we'll see you around town.